On this episode of The Playbook, I have Tamara Mendelson, the CMO of Eventbrite. And we're going to talk about what it takes to be a leader, not just yesterday, not just through the pandemic, but now through today. She will explain to us what it's like to be an intelligent follower. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I have an extraordinary executive, Tamara Mendelson. She's the chief marketing officer of, as everybody knows, Eventbrite. Thank you for brightening our day, Tamara. Welcome to the playbook. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited because I have uh, utilized Eventbrite, uh, I think from its uh, inception. And uh, obviously I uh, partnered with Hall of Fame quarterback, Warren Moon. We've had a sports marketing company for over 12 years, dealing with the biggest events in sports and entertainment, but also the smaller parties that surround uh, those events, which is where we've utilized you for our Pro Bowl parties and Super Bowl parties and you know our famous Lee Steinberg uh, Super Bowl party, especially. Um, it's just an extraordinary platform uh, that has a real broad reach. I was hoping that we could talk about your career journey at Eventbrite, because as I know, as a participant uh, and user, it's changed a lot over the years. Yeah, it has changed a lot of the years. And, and I've been with Eventbrite for 12 years now. So um, it's, it's been quite a journey and quite a ride. And, and, and we, we've seen some extraordinary growth and a lot of evolution as well. Um, but yeah, your, your experience with the platform is, is very similar to, to, the, to the majority of folks. I think um, you know, when we first developed Eventbrite, the sort of core thesis or idea behind the, you know, the entrepreneurial team, Kevin and, and Julia Hartz were a husband and wife, and then they had a third technical co-founder, Renault. And the whole idea was that largely at the time, events sort of below the big stadium, kind of the you know, professional sports and, and music that you're, you were talking about earlier, below that, there really wasn't a technology solution to help entrepreneurs who are, who are trying to get events businesses off the ground or small venues to, to ticket their, their events and their live experiences. And so the idea was how could we create a self-service technology platform that could allow really anyone anywhere to bring their event idea to life and, and sell tickets online. Um, and that was the core kind of entrepreneurial thesis behind Eventbrite, the, that spark, that idea that, that has now you know, turned into to a, a, a large global company with, with massive reach today. And it has that massive reach and you guys attained that through, you know, this leadership that, you know, started out with very tight knit founders, but they brought people like you in to bring your own expertise out. You know, you're highly academic and achieved in uh, the schools that you went to, uh, obviously at Wesley and uh, MIT. But more importantly, a lot of times when you have these smaller companies, uh, that have, you know, a couple that's been running it or founding it, they're not as open to different leadership styles. Number one, what was the open-minded attitude that the founders had when you came in and what specifically and personally did you bring uh, with your leadership style to the team? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't say enough about the the leadership philosophy of, of Kevin and Julia and Renault. Um, they are sort of consummate learners. They are 
always out there having you know as many discussions and, and conversations with folks just to learn and to to understand where the industry is headed, where technology is headed, and what we might be able to do to to serve our customers better. And so they in their philosophy in building out a team was to find you know people that were experts in different areas to bring them in to bring a variety of of diverse ideas and backgrounds together so that we could really build the best company and and that leadership philosophy has really translated down through the whole organization and, and developed actually a culture of learning and curiosity and um and a desire to just bring in smart people have good you know direct debate and dialogue over the best thing for the for the future of the business and then actually you know um, move and act. And so uh, I, I think I feel really lucky that, you know, that they took a chance on me at that time. I was, was not a technology executive. I had come out of business school and before that had been, you know, a research analyst. Um, and so, uh, you know, they, they took, they made a bet on me and I, I, you know, to this day feel so grateful for that opportunity. And, and so I like to, to take a similar approach as well in, in my, in my leadership um, style, bringing a mix of, seasoned executives, people that have a lot of experience that they can bring to the table and combining that with with folks that that maybe are are less proven and haven't had an opportunity to, to rise to that level yet, but are curious, are hungry, feel deep ownership over their area of the business and want to make a difference and want to make an impact at the end of the day. And, you know, fostering an environment where people feel comfortable and safe taking risks and trying new things and that, you know, and being comfortable with with failure, um, I think really is really important part of, of our leadership philosophy at Eventbrite and giving people the chance to, to take some swings and, and to learn because as long as we're learning about maybe why we were wrong making a bet or why we were right and what, what worked out, as long as we can take those learnings forward and, and continue to build a strong business, deliver value for our customers and ultimately reach more and more people, with with this great technology, you know, then we're we're doing the right things. Absolutely, that's why I give a dummy tax award uh, at my company for everyone to share the lessons that they've learned and mistakes that they've made. And whoever has the biggest lesson, we give a big bonus to as well. And I love your definition of a leader as being an intelligent follower, uh, which is so important. You know that we all can't be the smartest person in the room, but we all can be willing to learn as much as we can. Uh, and aggregate all that information. It seems just such a great way to build such a worldwide business like Eventbrite. Now, everybody's management skills and leadership uh, was put to the test here in the last 16 months. And especially in the event space, as yeah. I mentioned, you, know, I owned a company that was based on the biggest events in the world. And then those subsidiary events that surround it uh, was our bread and butter, bringing in charities and celebrities, athletes, entertainers, and sponsors. And, uh, you know, in the middle of March, that came to a screeching halt. Uh, how were you able to put your leadership and management skills uh, to work during COVID? Yeah, I mean, as, as you mentioned, it, it was something that uh, I, I don't think that we, we could have never been prepared, adequately prepared for. Um, There's really nothing like that, um, you know, in, in our lifetime, at least, especially especially because our business up until this point had had been relatively um, safe or stable because people want to gather. They always will want to gather. It's like core to our human nature and and the idea that we, you know, it would actually be prohibited to to come together. And certainly, you know, there are certain times where 
recessions or economies might affect, you know, ability to gather or charge or change ticket prices, or maybe, you know, certain disasters in certain areas of the world may prohibit events from happening for a certain period of time, but to have it happen at a global scale in the way it did, um, and just grind kind of the live in-person experiences to a halt was just really something that, that you can never quite be prepared for. But I think our um, sort of guiding principle through it all was to focus on our customers. What did they need in this moment? How could we show up for them to help support them through what was going to be, you know, probably one of the most trying times in, in their in their history as well? Um, and that really oriented us, focused, focused us, and kept us um, uh, sort of very clearly aligned on what we needed to do. And so the first thing we needed to do was, was help help our event creators figure out what to do, right? All of a sudden they needed to cancel events, they need to postpone events, they need to communicate to ticket buyers and attendees. And so we tried to templatize as much things, create tools for them to use to make that process as smooth as possible. And then as it, it became clear, this wasn't just gonna be like a three week lockdown or a month long pause, we shifted to helping our creators figure out how to take their event programming virtual and online. And, and the, the beautiful thing that happened was that, you know, people's desire to gather and connect even in an environment when they couldn't meet in person came through loud and clear. And believe it or not, in 2020, we had almost as many events as we did in 2019. You know, of course, a huge amount of them being moving, moving to virtual. Um, but but that desire to gather and that desire to connect was really, you know, uh, one of our guiding lights. And then helping our creators figure out how to, how to make that pivot successful. And even talking to many of them now, um, they've unlocked elements of their business that they they could have never imagined. All of a sudden, you know, small, very local community-based organizations are reaching a global audience. And, and it's not something that they, you know, that they're just going to turn off. Um, it's allowed them to have bigger reach for their businesses, their brands, cultivate a much broader, in many cases, more diverse community as they're reaching people that maybe previously couldn't have has physically attended their events. And so it's, I think, unlocked a, a really new, beautiful future for live, the live experience that, that, uh, that is a, a virtual component, which is really exciting as well. And yeah. now, you know, with the shift back, we're, we're focusing on helping our creators navigate all the complications of in-person safety precautions and safety measures and, and figuring out how to, how to reopen their door, you know, their physical doors again. And, and so I think despite all the challenges that came our way, staying focused on our customers and figuring out how, what is the next thing that we can do to help them take the next step forward and survive and then ultimately thrive again has, has, has been our, our North Star. That's amazing. And if there was one of the lessons that you're taking forward outside of COVID as we re-engineer a new blend of virtual, which we now have and appreciate so much more. I, for over 20 years, I've done free trainings on Fridays for entrepreneurs and uh, you know, very wide spectrum. And people have flown in uh, for these trainings now as they've grown over 20 years. You know, I never could imagine what I was missing out on on the virtual side is we're over like 50,000 registrants on Friday coming to these things. And, you know, there's other events that I'm looking forward to doing in person, but I also am trying to see how can I blend the in-person with the virtual, if there's certain parts of a live event that I can stream and, and create uh, content around the world is an, an incredible. What lesson have you learned um, through this pandemic that you're gonna take with you towards this new blend era of events? 
So I think there's there's sort of two ways to answer that question. Um, I think the first is just from a pure leadership standpoint. I think what this um, this last year and a half has uh, highlighted for everyone is just the importance of that the kind of the human connection within a team. Um, and I don't mean like the in-person connection, but I mean like paying attention to the whole self, right? Because uh, um, I think it became really clear very quickly as people were logging on to Zoom meetings for the first time, like what their personal situation was. Like, were they, you know, sharing a tiny space with a lot of roommates or, you know, in many cases, like tiny human roommates, uh, you know, and, and you know, in some cases, like for me, a, a three-year-old and a, a one-year-old. And um, I think, as a leader becoming very attuned to what people needed to be able to, to make it through this difficult time um, from a support standpoint, from a mental health standpoint, um, it was all new territory for us uh, to figure out how to encourage people to recharge and take time off when like no one was going on vacation. But at the same time, like burnout rates were getting really high. And so um, we did a lot of, I think, really good work that we're going to take forward with us to help understand what do our teams need in these moments? Um, how can we create sustainable programs that put mental health at the forefront, that put sort of sustainable um, work-life balance um, in the, into the forefront of how we, how we work and our expectations, I think. Um, you know, a great example of that is during, yeah, during the height of, of the pandemic, we instituted a once a month, the whole company takes the same day off. It's a Friday, it's the first Friday of the month, because like holidays are good, but we are a global organization. And so a US holiday may not coincide with a holiday in Argentina or in, in Spain, for example. And so the emails still keep coming, the questions keep coming. But when the whole company says, okay, today we are going to pause. It's amazing when everything goes quiet, you actually have the mental space to take care of yourself. And that could be, you know, going outside for a hike. It could be, you know, attending to actually some deep thinking work that maybe you didn't have time for otherwise, or it could be attending to family things or, or whatever responsibilities you might have. But that has proved so valuable to our, our employees that it's, a, it's something that we've instituted now as an, an ongoing benefit, um, which is just a one mental health day that the whole company takes off together every month. Yeah. I, uh have always uh, adhered to when you give free time to someone, but everyone else has the same time free, those free hours become very expensive. Uh, mean, and I mean, literally expensive because hotel rooms are more, travels more, all, everyone's on the ski slope or at the beach, um, but they're just also expensive in, in emotional stress uh, because everybody is uh, free on those days. So you're giving exponential value uh, when you're dictating a company-wide free experience when maybe everyone else is, you know, not around. And it does provide this extraordinary experience that uh, can have a rejuvenative uh, value uh, beyond what we could imagine. Now, you also host hosted your own event to try to uh, get people aligned. Uh, you know, so not only are you facilitating other people in their event, but you held the first only global summit. What was that about? Yeah, so I think as we we were thinking about the best ways that we could show up for our creator community and really help them align. What we heard over and over again is they wanted best practices. They wanted to know what other event creators were doing. Um, what other, how are other promoters kind of navigating this this time? And and how are other event producers figuring out the 
blend or the mix between virtual and in-person. And we realized we played this really great kind of central convening point for our industry where we could bring everybody together and facilitate that sharing of knowledge and best practices. And so we decided um, sort of in the spirit of everything that we had been talking about over the last year to hold a virtual global summit for, for people that, that host and create events. And so um, this is the first time we'd ever done it. And we had amazing response from our community. Um, we brought in some, you know, sort of inspirational experts um, to talk about, like Priya Parker, who, who talks about the art of gathering and the purpose behind why we gather to kind of inspire the community. And then there was like really tactical hands-on workshops that different um, event producers that use Eventbrite led themselves on the best practices, the tips and tricks that they wanted to share everything from, you know, how to really leverage your data um, in the Eventbrite platform to make your events better and more successful to how to specifically market events to the future of, you know, hybrid online virtual events. Um, and and how to navigate like in-person reopening and, and COVID safety. And so um, this was a, a little bit of an experiment just to see would, you know, would our, would our community of event creators show up and wanna engage in something like this? And um, we got a resounding yes, and not only yes, but the, and what's next? Like, how do we keep this going? How do we keep the conversation going? How do we um, continue to connect and to learn from each other. And so, um, I, you know, the community of creators that use Eventbrite is really strong and vibrant right now. And I think more than ever before, really eager to learn from each other um, and, and, and share, share what they're learning. And one of, I think, the biggest accomplishments that you've had, Tamara, to me is that, you know, the, the mission at Eventbrite, as far as I've always understood, was to bring the world together. And I think originally it was in live, but now it's just bring the world together however we can virtually or live, <laughs> um, which I love, right? I'm on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy and understand how to appreciate how much we are alike and appreciate the differences that exist. And we can only do that when we get together. Um, so just as I said, I've been involved with Eventbrite for so long. And when it first came out, it was more about just the opportunity to logistically get people a ticket and show up. Uh, but now as you being the CMO and understanding what is, you know, to me, the most important side of these events is events only as good as the people that show up. And in order to get people to show up, you need to market an event correctly and build events, have their own brand, you know, and one of my biggest accomplishments as a CEO of Lee Steinberg, the sports agency was on the front page of uh, the Tampa Bay news during the Super Bowl uh, in the sports section. It said, uh, parties that are impossible to get into, right? <laughs> and number one was our party, which we used Eventbrite at, by the way, and um, which was super cool. But that was exactly what a, a marketing was supposed to do, just like your summit, to get people there and to give it its own uh, thing. Now, you created Boost, uh, which now truly puts to the forefront and allows people, you know, not only to sell their tickets and logistically be much more efficient, effective and statistically successful, but actually get more people there by building an audience and understanding the budget optimizer, all these great things. You know, how long has that been in the works and how effective has Boost been? Yeah, um, this has been something that we've been talking about, uh, you know, as an opportunity for us for a while, but we wanted to we really wanted to nail the core platform, you know, first, as you talked about, like sort of the logistics and making it efficient and effective for somebody to manage their ticketing. But the net, we always knew sort of the next frontier was 
to help creators more effectively market their events and bring more people, bring more audience along. And so, um, like, uh, let's see, it was late last year, we acquired a company called Toneden that had some phenomenal technology that we part we had partnered with them for a long time. Um, and their technology helps automate all the com complicated advertising platforms, whether it's Facebook or Google or Instagram. And basically our vision for bringing our two companies together was to create a product where an event marketer could say, you know, here's my, my, my goal. I wanna bring more people to my event or I wanna increase my brand presence online. And very easily through a, through a series of, of almost like templates and an all-in-one solution. So you don't have to go to multi, multiple different platforms. You can do it all from Eventbrite have a very clear, easy path to getting the word out for your event across all of these different um, social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, um, et cetera. And so that launched in uh, about, a, let's see, about a month ago in late May. Um, and we're really excited about the progress so far. We have you know, thousands of creators using the product already um, and seeing success from it, right? Because ultimately our goal with Boost is to help creators like build those audiences and bring more people to their events, especially right now when there are, many of them are, are reopening their doors for the first time in a long time and, and need to rebuild that community. And so this is a tool that's super easy to use. It has you know, everything you need all in one place. Um, and it makes, it takes sort of like a lot of the headache and the learning and the complexity of figuring out um, digital marketing and it makes it super simple. Um, and it's fully integrated into the Eventbrite platform. And so our, you know, our, our vision for this product is to keep making it smarter and smarter. And because we have so much um, sort of rich information that lives in the Eventbrite platform about your events and your event history, it will help you reach people reach more people that are going to be interested in your event um, and ultimately, you know, make, make your event that, that must, uh, must attend um, uh, event and, and sell out. So we were really happy with the progress so far um, and are excited about the future. We have a lots of great plans for more and more functionality that we're building into the product. And literally every month there's new features coming out um, as a part of Boost. Well, extraordinary companies made of extraordinary people. You're living proof of that. Real quickly, last question. We had mentioned, uh, I always love having extraordinary female executives on because I have three daughters, 22, 20, and 17, who I try to give access to great minds and great plans uh, for their future. Um, so I'd love for you to share, if you would, what advice would you have for my daughters uh, through your journey as they're just getting out of uh, you know, their education and looking into the future, what advice would you give them? Ooh, I think um, the first would be like, would be to look for opportunities that align with, like with generally with the things you're passionate about or interested in, but most importantly, give you an opportunity to learn. And I think that was definitely my approach in, in taking this job with Eventbrite. I almost honestly didn't look at the job title or, or spe the specifics of what they wanted me to do. The thing that mattered most was I could learn from Kevin and Julia and Renault. And, um, and there was a big opportunity to make an impact, right? So those, those are like really the most important ingredients for me in, in thinking about career is, is, are there people you can learn from and learn a lot from and learn quickly from? And then is there an opportunity for you to make immediate impact? Because the fulfillment that comes with impact and the growth that comes from, from actually uh, achieving and accomplishing um, 
uh, you know, impact is, is really fulfilling. And so I, I think that's sort of the first step. And then the second step is like, it, I, I think I would say this, but like to not play by the rules, like, um, there's no you're worried because you're like i'm just telling someone's daughters not daughters to are, yeah, totally that's why i hesitated <laughs> i love it yeah i know it's good <laughs> but but really like there's no predefined career path you get to make your own career path and you get to choose what you want to do next and what role you want to take next and yeah you might not have the prerequisite number of years of experience or the exact job titles in your resume but if you want to do something if you want to learn and if you want to um, have a chance to really make an impact and make a difference, you should just go for it. And so um, don't be afraid to break the rules to not, to, yeah, to not necessarily have to have to play by all those rules. Because I think that for me was, was a really important unlock when I realized, oh, I didn't need to have, you know, a resume with XYZ in order to qualify for a role. If I was ambitious and excited and showing that I was eager to learn and could demonstrate impact, those opportunities became available. Well, you are living proof that a great leader is an intelligent follower, curious and always wanting to learn. You have brightened up this event, that's for sure. Tamara Mendelson, CMO of Event Bright. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.